everybody. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Let's Make Some Shit podcast. As always, it's your host, Ray, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Resonance. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Doing okay today. Been busy. Yeah. I'm trying to take a minute, center myself again. <laughs> yeah, I've been having to do that a lot, too. I swear, I feel like everybody I talk to right now is kind of just like busy crazy you know in the just, middle of chaos <laughs> yeah everybody <there's, laughs> i swear i swear i'm gonna hibernate next february through the whole month to turn off yeah social media. i don't blame you i don't blame right, you so just, yeah if you guys listen next february there won't be any episodes we're not doing <laughs> february episodes anymore. it'll be um check your mental health month <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so what you been up to this week in all your busyness? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I've been like working with that soap paste to try to get a good consistency to send out to a few people. Um, and I've got like really, the water is like really high in minerals. So the soap paste itself is opaque and then a lot of it will like settle to the bottom so i'm trying to let that happen so i can pour off the top and send it and not send them like all the extra mineral bits (laughs) i'll save that and use it in my soap yeah i haven't had a chance to um mix up this stuff that you sent me yet but it's so it's like so interesting looking it's not really i didn't really know what to expect um and um, I'm super excited to do an episode on that. To yeah, hear it's a your process. interesting process. And it's not like it, it's a lot easier than you would expect it to be for liquid soap. I don't know. Uh-huh. It's just funky. But definitely that's what I made when I did the, <laughs> the stuff with our... Um, with our Pioneer Lie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's squishy like a cheese, soft cheese. That's what I made. It was soap paste. So. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I liked it. I like that soap that you sent me. Um, and then still waiting on my agar dishes and my still air box over there. But I've got to go through and like find little spots that look like they're uh, good and strong and then pull those out and then do another dish with those and then find the strong spots and then do that again. And then I can put them in some grain bags or whatever. Um, yeah, I really liked that episode with Sean. It was fun. It was fun. Um, yeah, it was definitely fun. And I can't wait to have him on again and talk to us about like some of the other stuff. Yeah, like I just, you know, the mushrooms and stuff too. Same, but you just, I don't know, I like just energy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just passion for it. <laughs> uh huh, absolutely. And that's one of the things, like, you know, when you, most of our guests are like that. They nerd out on a specific thing, and and you can tell when you talk to them that they're like the same with Raborka, because she was that way about, yeah. about her chickens and uh-huh. not necessarily the chickens themselves, but like, you know, using the whole animal all the time and, you know, just like, you can tell when you get uh, somebody who's like genuinely interested in what they're talking about instead of just, yeah, hey. <laughs> I agree. It's like infectious. Like, I don't know, like for me, I-, I get inspired pretty easily, whether I, how much I follow through on that inspiration, you know, but, um, um, even if it's just like with hoarders or something like inspired to clean my house and go through all my shit and throw it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, um, 
Yeah, like I think I mentioned in the last episode that I've been like binge watching the Great British Baking Show. So like I've been super inspired to um, do a lot of baking. That's kind of all I've made as far as stuff goes this last week. I made another batch of brioche buns and um, I made some lemon bars from scratch and um, I've never made them before. Uh, Dag doesn't really like fruity desserts so I pretty much ate most of them. <laughs> but they came out really good. Um, and like I don't know like it's like baking just sounds like it's like so simple you know but there's like so much to it and just like learning how things are supposed to look. Like when I made pasta a couple weeks ago it was my second attempt at pasta and I almost threw the dough away. I was like, this just doesn't seem right. You know, I'm going to start over. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's stupid. You don't even know how it's supposed to look because you've only made pasta, you know, once before instead of just like trusting yourself and just like doing it. Like, so with like the, like the lemon bars, the recipe was from the America's Test Kitchen cookbook that, um, that I really love. And it said you're supposed to um cook the you know the lemon and the eggs in the curd and stir it to get up to 160 degrees and the book said it was supposed to be like five to eight minutes and it ended up taking like over 20 minutes for it to get up over or up to 160 degrees so that whole time I'm like what did I do wrong you know what did I do wrong it's a fucking lemon bar (laughs) it's just your stove (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So and it ended up coming out really delicious. Um, probably the best lemon bars I ever had. And then um, I made a, an olive oil cake, which um, was kind of interesting because I've been actually eyeing up that recipe for a long time. Um, and the episode of the Great British Baking Show that I watched like the night before they did um, Vegan Week, which I mean, this recipe still had eggs and milk and stuff in it, but they were using alternative fats you know and so like the olive oil just added a really nice flavor to the cake and it came out so good I macerated strawberries with sugar and balsamic vinegar and I feel like the balsamic vinegar with the olive oil like paired really well and then I made my own whipped cream and it was like and I made this for my my own birthday cake and it was fucking delicious it was like everything (laughs) you're like now I'm making my own birthday cake Every year. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody can top me. I'm the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, good. baking is really finicky. Like, I've figured that out. Well, I mean, with other things in the past, but a lot with, like, trying to bake keto things. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, you take for granted that regular flour behaves a certain way. And when you try to switch it up, it doesn't do that anymore. And you have to figure out substitutes and it's just all so much science, you know, between like the leavening agents, you know, and like the episode I was watching last night, they were having to use some kind of like cultured milk, like buttermilk, you know, or yogurt or something. And, you know, with that acidity, it reacts with the, you know, the baking soda to do the, do the science, you know, to rise your stuff. And, yeah, you know, like, I feel like you'd be really good at that because, you know, I guess once you understand some of those concepts, because I'm always just in awe of people that can, like, make up their own recipes, you know, it's like, where would you even start? Like, what's the ratio, you know, and adjusting certain things, like do certain things, you know, like, there's so much science to it. And I think that's why it's kind of been, I used to love baking with my mom and stuff when I was younger, but kind of fell out of it. And I don't know, like, especially like being friends with Derica and some of our other people like on Facebook, they're always baking like really cool stuff. There's a, like, a girl, um, 
Mickey that I'm friends with. She makes a lot of like cool breads and everything. And um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's just been the big kick I've been on recently is baking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of baking is like the fafo kind of thing. You fuck around and find out real quick. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I love the people who do like the ancient grains and like mill their own grains and stuff. That is super interesting to me. Like, Getting, I, I don't think that I will ever get into that because we don't do a lot of grains in the house anymore. But yeah. if I were still doing bread, that's probably where I would go next. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, you know, we have a lot of space. We could grow wheat and things here and would be nice to have that if supply chain issues ever forced us to need to have our own, I don't know. I'm sure there's probably somewhere local that sells their own milk flour, but I haven't looked into it. (laughs) Probably. So my mom found the group. It's a Facebook group, but it's local bartering. And um, so they have the Facebook page and then there's chats, like individual ones for like gardening, canning, livestock, raising, you know, and the, the chats are like super active and these people are all like, Literally, I had I did a trade with somebody. I, I traded some roselle seeds for a couple tomato plants, you know, and they were like 10 minutes from where I live. And uh, like s- so many, like a lot of people that sell tallow and I haven't really reached out to anybody yet. Um, I haven't been in it long, but I think it's going to be a really good resource. And like there's one for central Florida, northern Florida. So I imagine probably all over the country they have similar groups like that, you know. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into it. Definitely. I'm I'm always looking for tallow sources. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. That was me. Time to wake up. (laughs) Let me put that on silent. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about maybe trying to grow some oats this year. I guess they grow here, but more for the tincture um the milky o top one seems like it was really popular and i'd like to try and do that with actual fr- fresh milky oat tops in the future so I might try growing some see how easier hard it is or what the yield is if it's worth it is you it know worth it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know we still eat grains and oats and stuff you know so i mean obviously fresh is better so it could be like a multi use thing to do i guess yeah. <laughs> multi-purpose yeah yeah so um okay oh, of well, brains. <laughs> yeah so we today we're going to be talking about water kefir and um i can't imagine this will be a really long episode I don't, there's a whole lot to really talk about it but um i'm excited because it's something that i think maybe a lot of people don't know what it is you know, or maybe it's becoming more popular or maybe I'm just hearing about it more now because of the circles that I'm in. But it's something that, you know, I definitely learned about at um, the your hubby's Chiluminati <laughs> uh, get together. <laughs> yeah, I had heard about it before that from my local friend who actually gave me some of the kefir grains. And then I had like, jars of it in my fridge that no one would drink and I, I just I quit because I was just like I don't know why I'm doing this if nobody is gonna drink it and yeah. then when Rayo came here and was like passing it out 
all of a sudden he was like really into it. But not when I did it. <laughs> oh, of course, that's the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but now it's better because um, I do like, uh, well, we, we've got a constant jar fermenting now. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not actually grains. Uh, it's ca- the insides of a prickly pear cactus. Yeah, I had to kind of like dig a little bit to find that out. And the, even the site that I found that said that, I didn't seem like 100% sure. <laughs> did, did you find out definitively? It was kind of like, yeah. there's not a lot of research done. Okay, it is a prickly pear. All right. Yeah, it's from a prickly pear. There's a more scientific name for it, but it's normally just called the prickly pear cactus. And it's from the inside because inside the prickly pear cactus is like a sugar water. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what they, it, and in, the grains themselves aren't even really like grain. It's a yeast and um, bacteria symbiosis. Mm-hmm. There's just a little cl- cluster of yeast and bacteria living in a clump together. And it looks like a gelatinous grain, I guess. That's why they call it a grain. But um, So what I read, it was saying like it like comes out onto the top of the prickly pear pad. And maybe does this sound right from what you learned? Like it, like they're like on top. I don't know. Maybe they dry, end up drying off if they're not harvested and fall to the ground, which would then those nutrients would feed the cactus. But like I saw that you can buy them online, and it looks like dehydrated. So would you just rehydrate them, or yeah. are they like gelatinous on the cactus? Because we have some prickly pears here, too, and I've been wanting to go out and kind of, like, look at them and see if I notice any of that um, formation. Uh, oh, well, I don't know for sure that um, you could just harvest them off the cactus and rehydrate, but probably mm-hmm. it will be worth a shot if you see, like, any of the little tiny crystal-looking things on there to grab them and see if you could rehydrate it with some sugar water. yeah. Yeah, but you think, I'll check them out. You think, I don't. I don't think they like. I mean, maybe they go through and cut the cactus open and get out a bunch of the grains and then dehydrate them and then ship them out to people. But, yeah, I'm gonna look into that more. Report back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so once you have your kefir grains, and I guess so. Yeah. So if you know somebody who has kefir, you can get some from them because they'll continue to grow and multiply or uh, so that's why I was checking to see if you could um, buy them online and you you can buy starters it looks like they look like they're dehydrated Um, yeah the place that I got mine was called fermentaholics and it's a small business and it's it's actually they, they come with quite a bit of information too on like different ways that you can do a second ferment and like uh, how to get it started. So I, I'm just going to plug for them because I think it was uh, like fantastic compared to other mm-hmm. stuff that I've gotten where I didn't know how to get started or whatever. Mm-hmm. Their instructions were pretty phenomenal. So I went off of your friend's um, direction when I first got them and she sent the the you know, they're wet, you know, gelatinous in, in the mail. So you can ship them like that. I don't have to be dried. Um, and I, I don't know if there's like a right or wrong way to really do it, but you're basically just putting 
you know, sugar and feed in water for the grains to consume and um, um, turn into the, you know, the carbon dioxide. And it's so I don't know if it's like a, just a taste preference or minerals, but I know that the recipe or the instructions that, you know, our friend sent a, a recommended organic cane sugar molasses and a pinch of like sea salt um and i'm assuming the molasses kind of for some of like the mineral content and the sugar and the salt also i guess um for more minerals yeah 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 the molasses is for the minerals to feed the kefir grains um i don't use salt in mine but I don't see how it would hurt. So, um, but I don't know, maybe if for like extra sodium, kind of like an electrolyte thing. Yeah. Cause other, other pages or, you know, when I was looking into it more, didn't necessarily say to use salt, you know, so I just did it. Cause you know, um, you know, our friend said to use those directions and kind of stuck with them. But I mean, I imagine you could probably use like brown sugar or, yeah, you, you know, regular sugar still. Feed your kefir grains like- a variety and, and see which kind like the ferment you enjoy better. <laughs> yeah. Cause it'll have a little bit different taste, you know, like, um, like I like brown sugar. I think I might try it with the brown sugar. So I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I had to check them. I put them in my fridge to like chill and, um, Cause it got to, be, it's so warm here. It got to be like an everyday kind of thing, task, you know, just like feeding them and straining them and doing the second ferment and everything. And um, they'd been in the fridge, and I kind of like forgot about them for a while. And I'd been like afraid <laughs> that they were gonna like, be dead or something. They'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I actually went in there today and strained them and fed them, and they look totally fine. Good. Yay. So you can put them in the fridge and forget about them for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the ones I, I wind up having to strain ours every other day. Um, so what, what you'll do is after you've got your kefir grains, like if you order the dehydrated ones, you'll put them in um, water. I usually use uh, distilled or filtered water, but not distilled, filtered water, um, but I don't want to use tap water because of, well, what's in your tap water. If you know what's in your tap water, that's fine. I don't want to use my tap water. So we have well water, and um, and our friend actually said that that was best, but yeah. we don't have City Punch, you know. right. And it's, probably, I mean, if I, like, if I go to the spring, I would use that water too, but I'm not going to use the tap water for the kefir grains. I don't know how that would affect them. Yeah. I don't think that would be a good idea. Um, so well, you put the water in and then sugar and you can use like any sugar source. So you could use organic cane sugar or brown sugar. Um, you could use honey even if you wanted to do that or some other kind of syrup. Something about, for some reason, to not use honey. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, really? Morty's eating staples. Hold on. Oh, oh no. What are you doing? What is this? 
All right. Sorry, he was eating a box of staple gun staples. <laughs> oh, Morty. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Where were we? We were talking about honey. Oh, okay. Oh. So they need a fructose. I didn't know that. I use honey in my second ferment sometimes. So, Okay, and it still worked? It, it does fine for the second ferment, um, but apparently you don't want to use it like with your actual grains. So, okay. in the, so when you're feeding your actual grains, just try to stick with like organic cane sugar or you could use brown sugar, some form of uh, glucose, right? Or you could probably maybe use like a combination if you like the flavor that the honey imparts, but just be sure to provide them with additional food source. Yeah, because honey is fructose and you need a source of glucose for the kefir grains to break down. They won't be able to recognize that sugar. Okay. Yeah, I said I thought I remembered reading something about that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. But um so yeah, it's once you've got that going and you let it sit for 24 to 48 hours, you strain out the liquid part and then refresh your grains. So give them more sugar, water, molasses, and then you do a second ferment with the liquid you strained off. And you can add fruit to that. You can add, um, I add different teas to it. Um, and that's where I add in the honey too. But it, that's where you can really play with the flavors, man. I've done a mango one that was really good. An apple one that tastes like apple cider. Um, and the one that I've done recently has uh, red ginseng tea and then lion's mane and cordyceps mushrooms um, and ginkgo biloba in it. And it's like a knockoff version of a carbonated energy drink without all the garbage. That's so awesome. Yeah. And it, I mean, it doesn't taste like, you know, fantastic, but neither do the energy drinks. So, yeah. Yeah, I've done um, I've done kiwi, pear, raspberry, and blackberry, and I had gotten a mango. I think around the time I decided to put it in the fridge, so I never actually did a ferment with the the mango. But I thought that would be really good. But um, they were all, I, I think the raspberry's been my favorite so far. The ones I tried, and they were all good. And I did combinations of all those fruits. The only one I didn't really care for was the blackberry. It was kind of tart for my liking but it's also possible you know you can kind of adjust the sweetness by adding more sugar you know after the fact because I might have just let it go a little extra long you know and the grains it just consumed you know too much of the sugar maybe there wasn't enough sugar in the blackberries or something you know yeah that makes sense you kind of really cater it to your liking yeah and you can make it as like low carb as you want really because Mm -hmm. you can put all the sugar you want in there and if you let it sit long enough your keeper grains will consume it all so yeah so the jar that it's a half gallon jar i just put them all in one half gallon jar with sugar the molasses you know and everything put it in the fridge and like i said it'd been in there for probably like months and it wasn't sweet but it also didn't taste like vinegary or 
bad or anything, you know. It's almost like a hint. So they're probably, I mean, they're probably hungry. I fed them. Like I said, I fed them. So <laughs> they can withstand a little bit of abuse. <laughs> I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta do this before the episode so I can report back on how easy or hard it is to kill the grains. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that I. When I even like gave up, I don't think that mine had died yet. And I just like left them out um, and eventually just poured it out because I was like, I don't know what else to do with this. But um, yeah, it's very difficult to just kill off the grain culture. Oh, hey, sorry. My internet sucks and it kicked me off again. I'm going to have to, I don't know, figure something out about that. So, but yeah, yeah. The, so the kefir grains are are really hardy. If you know, it can get kind of a, a lot to keep up with them. You know, kind of. I mean, it's not a lot of work. It's just got to do it. You know. But yeah. So if you ever get busy or want to take a break from it, just throw you it in a jar. <laughs> yep, and just throw it in the fridge because that just slows down. You know, the process. Um, so I, you know, and I, I don't know, I'm sorry, guys, I'm just really terrible at doing like introductions and stuff and introducing the topics because we kind of like skipped over why, why somebody would <laughs> want to do this. And um, I know for me, and I, I'm sure for, you know, a lot of people and just the general American population, you know, drink so much soda mountain dew like you said energy drinks you know and they're just there's just so much sugar um and i know for me like i like the carbonation you know of it besides you know i love a good ginger ale and um so finding something carbonated um is important for me to kind of just stop drinking so much soda and energy drinks and um you know there's the kombucha and you know the ginger beer and all that stuff but um i i really enjoy the water kefir and i really have liked the way that it's tasted you know in the second ferment with the fruit like i i like kombucha but it's kind of more of an acquired taste where i think the water kefir is just kind of like lighter less like intense you know it's I don't know. It's just really nice. It's I, I don't really know how to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. It's not something that you've uh, probably tried anything similar. Yeah. There's not like a comparable thing to say, oh, yeah, if you've had this, you've tried something like it. Um, mm -hmm. It's not. I mean, if you let it ferment for a while, it starts to get like an alcoholic taste. Maybe like a like a really low alcohol content wine or something um, yeah. or like a fruity beer I don't know but that oh sorry Morty just what did you, he just got an egg he didn't know oh, no. <laughs> like in the shell <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I swear it's like having a toddler <laughs> <laughs> Morty needs nap time. <laughs> He's never like getting into this much. He just must be wants some attention. <laughs> so um yeah, it's uh it's a really easy project. Um 
if anybody wants to get started making their own water kefir, you can definitely reach out to me. Um, looks like they grew a little, little bit in the jar. You know, definitely have some to share and be willing to send some to people to get started. Yeah, and then another thing, like, so if you're wanting to fix your gut health, gut health and you're, like, looking for a good source of probiotics, that's another way to get that yes. in. So drinking, like, one to three glasses of water kefir a day is going to do, like, fantastic things for your, um, like, internal organs, for your stomach, for your whole digestive system. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, good point. Thank you for mentioning that. Yep. Yeah. It's like one of the main reasons why I started doing it in the first place was like, okay, so if I want good probiotics, I have to drive like 45 minutes to the health food store and get like the refrigerated ones or whatever, or, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure there are other ways, but that was like my well, yogurt, you know, is a yeah. popular one. I, I'm a big yogurt fan. Um, Speaking yeah, of I which, don't do yogurt. I oh, really? Yeah. I, I looked up it was a while ago now, but how to make yogurt. And it's you basically just like dehydrate milk at a certain temperature. So I might have to add that to my list while I'm thinking about it. <laughs> make yogurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like for anybody who doesn't do dairy, it's a great probiotic alternative that you can make at home without very much effort or energy or investment initially. Yeah. Exactly. Like the kefir grains themselves don't cost a lot. And if you get them like from the site that I did, it was like 12 bucks and they shipped it for free. So nice. Um, and, and that's probably what you would pay to ship them. <laughs> um, so it's super inexpensive way to get your consistent source of probiotics and you don't have to keep going out and buying more. Like they're just going to keep growing there. Um, and then if you get to a point like where I'm at, where I've got like, you know, dozens of quart jars that have kefir in them, you, <laughs> can, like, put it, you can put it in your fridge and take a break until you go through some of your reserves and then bring it back out when you need to start making it again. So it's not something that like um, you have to stay committed to like you did with you put it in the fridge and you forgot about it for a little while and then you brought it back out and you were fine. And mm -hmm. I think that's a, like a, uh, fantastic thing about the water kefir because you don't have to like you don't have to do it every two days if you don't want to you can put it in the refrigerator and wait a while um so like it, it's just access to that good healthy uh probiotics that you can make yourself um and continue to make yourself with just that initial little bit of investment so yeah and so, it's <laughs> so does um, what does your what does your hubby say about the your energy drink you made him? Does does he like it? Has he been drinking yeah, it? Well, he's been drinking it. Yeah, he's the so if I do the second ferment with the apples, he really likes that. So when I do the second ferment with the apples, and then I add um, the ginseng tea and all the mushroom stuff, um, it tastes like a carbonated apple cider kind of thing and he's really into that that, that sounds good. good but if I don't if I just do the second ferment adding more sugar it's not as good it's I a feel like one. the apples we get here just like aren't great like apple trees don't really grow here you know so it's just hard to find good good the fresh one, apples yeah the ones that I used last time were like 
some of the best apples that I've had in a long time. Like, so you, we, we grow accustomed to, you know, associating apple flavor with like the artificial apple flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, But these apples were like what the artificial apple was originally based on that flavor. And it was just delicious and juicy and sugary Mm -hmm. and appley and, and my kids were begging me for more of them. And I'm like, I'm sorry, we're all out. Wisconsin <laughs> called um, the Elegant Farmer. And they had orchards, you know, they do like pumpkins, you know, at Halloween time, the hay rides and everything. And they had a store and they were famous for their apple pies, which are baked in a paper bag and has like a like a sugar cookie kind of top crust. Um, mm-hmm. And... They were actually featured, this was like years ago now, when that show with Bobby Flay, like beat Bobby Flay or something. He'd go around and try to beat businesses, you know, in whatever they're famous for. And he actually did an episode at the Elegant Farmer. And um, I think the Elegant Farmer's pie ended up beating his. Oh, it's so good. I used to love going there. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's real nice when you get an apple that actually tastes like apple and doesn't just taste like, you know, water. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, I don't know, like a lot of the ones we get are just, yeah, like flavorless. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's a, I'm sure there's an orchard somewhere close by I should take the kids to, but the farmer's markets around here are always stocked full of people selling apples. So I have to be like, look, man. I will pay you to let me bring my babies and come pick apples. <laughs> <laughs> um, strawberries are, it's strawberry season here right now. And um, there's actually a big strawberry festival that starts in like a couple days. And um, so everybody's selling fresh local strawberries. And we found that there's a you pick strawberry place right up the road. So we're going to go check that out. It was like $5 for like a gallon of strawberries or something oh like that. Goodness. And um, so I bought some from the store um, that were grown locally. And so I'm going to try and do some strawberry jam, I think. I need more practice with jam. Yummy. Yep. I so saw you're doing some more floral jellies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked a bunch of wild violets the other day, and we're going to do a wild vi- violet jelly either today or tomorrow. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah, I like doing floral jellies, the dandelion Mm -hmm. jelly and the violet jelly. Oh, violets remind me of when I was a kid. I had a an African African violet like plant like indoor in Wisconsin, and I just remember like my mom would always tell me, "You have to talk to it." So I'd like talk to the plant, and it's like leaves were soft and like fuzzy. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I desperately needed a pet. (laughs) How are you doing, little buddy? So yeah, they don't they don't grow wild here either. So oh man, they take like up my whole yard. Like the whole side yard is violets. That's so awesome. So jealous. Everything's just dead here right now because it's we're like having a drought and it's so dry. Oh no, man, it's been the opposite. So much water. Yeah, yeah. Send some this way. It's already been like up to 90 degrees here too. So like everything's really? like scorched. <laughs> like I, I watered some trees the other day and it's so dry and you know, and, uh, the land's like so sandy that when it gets like that, like the water, like the gr- ground won't even absorb the water. It just like stays in a pool on yeah, top, cool. you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've got like planting season is getting closer. I've got to start my like, you know, tomato and pepper seeds inside, but um, I've definitely put out a bunch of cold crop seeds. So like the radishes and the beets and um, the cabbages and the Brussels sprouts and all of that. And I've, I've got little babies. Uh, the radish sprouts have come up already, the daikon and the cherry bell radish. So, Yeah, I have some uh, carrots and beets that should be ready to harvest soon. I'm excited about that. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to use that the beets whenever I get them. I'm going to dehydrate some and make some beetroot powder and use it for a batch of lip balm. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about doing that because, um, of course, you know, the great British baking show, they use beetroot powder to color <laughs> their pastries and bread and it's so pretty. <laughs> it's always pretty, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that one they did, uh, oh, red velvet cake. Mm-hmm. Instead of using artificial dye, they used the beetroot powder. Mm. It was like a dip a deep rich red as opposed to like the normal one that you get this is really cool nice so is there anything else we forgot or should mention about the water (laughs) yeah always (laughs) i was gonna sit and write some things down you know but then it always just sounds so like all right point check point check you know Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't think there's anything else that like needs to be said about Waterkeeper. Um, it's a fun, easy project. If you have older kids, you could probably just let them do it, um, like help them out the first time and then let them strain and mix everything from that time forward. Because, I mean, then they would be contributing and it's a fun thing that they could do, too. So I was thinking that. Yeah, I was, yeah, I think it would be a good thing for kids. I'd probably like it too. And, you know, I mean, kids start drinking sugary soda. Give them something healthy for the little guts. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, um, I don't know. I guess that's about it. Uh, Did you want to tell people where they can find you? Yep, y'all can find me on Twitter at Mother of Chaos XAOS. And you can find me on Twitter at E underscore Agris. And you can follow the show at Let's Make Some SHH. Keep making shit. Thank you.